When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield. Duffield. Well, I'm on record already this year saying Joy Amos kicks 40 goals. So he's my man. Another preseason with his goal kicking. I don't think he'll have heaps of shots this year. That sort of player that can kick 40 goals, 20, because of how lethal he is with that goal kicking technique. Amos, slow build up, kicks straight as a diver. Big five from Amos over the top, he can't gather. Back to Amos, stab across the body. The Dodgers, they keep coming. Paul Hazelby and his preseason declaration on Jai Amos, which I was a skeptic on, and I have to say, Hayes, welcome. Great to be here, Duff. I'm disappointed with myself. I, I, I reckon I went unders. Should have said 45-50 with Jai Amos. <laughs> that would have got everybody talking. Let's not get carried he's away. He's a chance yeah, to get like... to 45, and he's a chance now to get to 50 in the final series if they get there, the Fremantle Dockers. But finally, he gets a rising star nod. And if he gets to 40 and 45 goals, he wins the AFL Rising Star Award. Will Ashcroft's been okay? Dropped off a bit on the weekend. Harry Sheasel's dropped off a little bit, but I think we have to reward young forwards that are 19 in our game when they start kicking that amount of goals in their second season, basically first season, because he only played two games prior. It's Paul Hazelby, Dockers legend. He's part of the run home with Hayes and Marto weekdays, 3 p.m. on SEN. He's just taking things one seismic momentum shift at a time. Mate, he's got three the last three weeks. If you extrapolate that out over the next 10 weeks, that is another 30. Add to the 19, 49 goals for Jay Amos. Uh, and he's only a, getting better. You should be an auctioneer. You should be an auctioneer. it was a good game by him. He was smart. He was clever. It wasn't the normal standard that we've seen from him where he leads hard, takes the marks. He had to go and work and find his own football, and he did it against two of the best defenders in the competition. I reckon it was a massive tick for his development. So the two most impressive bits of play were really the, the square-up kick mm. Um, to, can't remember who took the mark now. Was it? Banfield? Might have been Bailey Banfield, yep. Square up kick to Banfield uh, down on the uh, punt road end uh, of the MCG. And then the one up the other one was, of course, when he delayed the ball mm. and, and did a give and get and get again from with James Aish until Lockie Schultz could uh, uh, could get into position to give a contest in the goal square. And, of course, uh, both of those plays resulted in goals as well as the the three goals he kicked himself. I am on Amos Watch, Hayes. I'm doing the calculations every week. He's gone from a 39-goal season to a 41-goal season in the space <laughs> of one week. So he's he's trending in the right way. Hey, they're going to challenge Jager O'Meara's one-week suspension for the dangerous tackle. The trend says he doesn't get off. But did you see anything in that incident that says they can get him off? Oh, it was a bit unique, wasn't it? Different from some of the other ones. But I think when you see the pinned arm and you put a player in a vulnerable position, regardless of whether the head was hit or not, I think the AFL now have changed their adjudication for potential to cause injury. Was there potential in that one to cause injury? 
Yeah, you'd say there was. Was it contributed maybe a little bit by the player? I think there's an element there that they could fight, but given what we've seen and known and where the AFL is heading, and for good reason, we want to head down this path, but it is becoming impossible for some of the players, and we are going to get to a case where the Brownlow medal winner does not win the Brownlow because of this. We're seeing big names. Just look across this weekend. Jay Gromira would normally be a contender to get votes. Luke Parker would be a contender. Zach Merritt got probably 10 votes by the coaches on the weekend, um, could get another three votes. He could be actually inside the top three now, ineligible, and I think we're going to see a few more before season's out. Yeah. What impressed you most about the weekend, the win over Melbourne? It was done differently. So we've been talking about, you know, the bit more dare they've had. We've been talking about the ball movement. We've been talking about their stoppages and clearance work. But this was them winning ugly when it wasn't really working for them. And sometimes you have games where it's just not working. And I remember when I was coaching South Fremantle against a team like Subiaco at their best, they made you feel like it wasn't working. And it was just about holding your nerve throughout that game. And I remember I'd go down at quarter time, half time, don't panic, don't panic, don't worry about it. It's just not happening, but it will happen at some particular stage. But embrace that feeling. And Longmuir said as such at half time, he said, embrace the chaos because it was different. And sometimes you can lose confidence because every time you get the ball and you're going inside 50, it's not working for you. And then towards the end of the game, you get blown out of the park. But this was different. Their pressure is back to where it was last year. Like, it is elite in the competition. Everybody plays a part in that, and it keeps them in games for a long time. The defence is back. They're not getting scored against. So there's a lot to like about the Fremantle Dockers, and it's a credit. I didn't feel and I didn't think it was going to happen this quick. But on the weekend, it was a very smartly coached win done differently, more about tactics, where they had to change their plan because it was Melbourne, and there's a few times I think you can do that against those teams that have real assets. For the most part, teams need to be coached to do what they do really well. I think we've seen that over the last three or four weeks, but this one was slightly different and full credit needs to go to Longmuir and the team. Bailey Banfield, statement from me, response from you. Bailey Banfield is now in Fremantle's best 22. Yes, absolutely. He's proved that over the last few weeks. He, he adds something very different. He can be like a centre-half forward. He's quite tall, and I think there's teams that disrespect him and they let him go because he's not the best kick. And if he can improve that component, he'll become an absolute weapon because for whatever reasons, clubs tend to drop off one player. They'll identify one weak link and they'll say, you go and get the ball. But if he can hurt them, it goes a long way. He can take a mark. He's very, very clever with his leading patterns to get into a hole. His work at ground level is significant. But his pressure and his team selflessness is also very good. So to play a role, you need one in your forward line that can do that. And we've seen, I think at Port Adelaide, they've thrown a few things around where they've put some um, defenders, Jones, Jones and Burton as well, inside their forward line, you know, to play that defensive role, to get the ball to ground and just throw something different at the opposition. So I think there's a lot to like about Bailey Banfield at the moment, but it has to keep taking those opportunities. It's a massive moment in a bloke's career, isn't it? He takes that mark a couple of minutes from the end and he's shooting to kick them clear. If he misses, Melbourne gets the ball back with a kick it up mm. the guts, roll the dice. That's a, it's a huge sliding doors moment. I've pondered this in the time since, given Bailey's standing at the club and, and his, his fight to get into the best 22. That is a huge moment in a young bloke's career, isn't it, that goal? Yeah, it is. And you can tell that when he was having the shot, like in the past, 
I think the demons would come into his mind because the week before, I think he was brilliant. He kicked one, three. So goal kicking still an issue for him. Kicking inside the Ford 50 still an issue for him. But, um, you know, taking the pressure off and, and maybe going out in the future, and this can be a good thing and a bad thing, where you don't have that pressure on you for performance that you know if you put in one bad one, you're back out of the team, where you get the confidence of your coach. And by being able to perform at the highest level against the best team, he's done it twice in two weeks against the best teams, Geelong and Melbourne now, that he can grow in confidence. And I think the supporters, but more importantly, the coaching group, have more confidence and faith in him. Let's assume that O'Meara doesn't get off. Brody or Erasmus to come into the team when they play Richmond in two weeks? Why not both? Why not both? So you've got Sean Darcy that goes out. Do you just keep change, going? Change the balance. Yep. yep. So change Fife. Does Fife become the ones that goes into the forward line and works with Amos and, and Tracy? Tracy goes in the ruck and there's an opportunity to bring two players into that position and just allow them to go through the midfield. Matthew Johnson to get more maybe inside time because he's been impressive. And just seeing, we talked about the smarts of Jai Amos the smarts of Matt Johnson on the weekend to have the ball in traffic and look to give it off. And most players would have given that ball off and he just held it up and he didn't. And then he just changed the direction of the play. He's showing some positive signs. So more time for him. It would be that, that hierarchy. I think him first, whether it's Brody or Erasmus getting a bit more time, but five for this week could be the one that goes forward. Would you look at, a replacement for Darcy? Would you bring in a young Ruckman or is it? No, a, I don't think so. You bring in Sebet Quek at this point? Um, I thought about Sebet Quek mm. um, and he, his form in the waffle is good. Um, I just get the feeling that, look, it's a personal bias here. I want to see both Erasmus and Johnson in the team. Watching Johnson play in traffic is fascinating, isn't it? Mm. You know who he reminds me of, Hayes? Scott Pendlebury. Uh, I'm going back a bit further. David Mundy. I reckon he reminds me of you. Is that right? First season in the AFL. Now, it's only the poise that reminds me of you because he's quicker, bigger, more mobile <laughs> than you. But that ability to understand that you have more time than other players would think you have. To me, he has that. And I think, I suspect with you, it was peripheral vision and understanding what is to the side as well as what is in front. That's certainly the case with Pendlebury. Um, and he has that. And I just, he just has that, doesn't he? Yeah, you learn those traits, particularly for some slower midfielders. He's not slow, but you learn to hold the ball to be able to put your teammate out in space at the right time. Go too early, the defender knows what you're going to do, and they'll just shift across and defend. But if you could get them to commit to defending you, then all of a sudden it opens up for that other player with a handball over the top. And that was something they did better on the weekend. The handball forward was quite significant, and they used that to their advantage, probably because they didn't want to kick the ball long to May and Lever. But they just keep adding layers to their game. And I think that's a really good sign for Dockers fans. Yeah, and the defence is up and about now, isn't it? bit scratchy at the start mm. of the year. Hayden Young was nearly taking a lot of marks, I reckon, for two or three weeks. He clunked a couple of big ones on the weekend when they really needed him to. He's the one. He's back. Alex Pierce, of course, has turned it right around. Uh, Brennan Cox had some moments too early in the year. But uh, collectively, they're back to where they were. Stingy, that's when they're at their best. But then now you throw in the element of the scoring, it makes for a, a better profile for the Dockers with three weeks prior to the last one scoring over 100 points. James Ace went into the middle a bit, and we see this again with James Ace, his ability to be clean under pressure. Like for a guy who's slightly built, he's not known as an overly robust 
sort of player, but he keeps his head still and he's very clean when he's in close. And we saw him get the ball out a couple of times, big clearances. I think uh, got it to O'Meara once for the kick inside 50 to to Michael Frederick. It, it's it's a part of his game that's underrated, I reckon. Knows his game. I think that's the beauty of him, that he doesn't try and go outside his limitations. He probably needs a bit of inside time as well. And there's an argument for another day about whether he could make it as a standalone inside mid. But we did see him a couple of seasons ago, might have been last year, go to Clayton Oliver and play a tagging role, but just beat him on his merits that day. So I think Justin Longmuir has been more willing to throw it around a little bit, to put the wingman on the inside, to put Brasher on the outside, to put O'Meara forward, to put Fife in there, Switkowski, uh, to put Jackson in there as a midfielder as well. And I reckon that's coincided with, you know, a few different players um, getting back into some really good form, but also just a bit of, um, I guess, making it more difficult for other teams to scout their profiles. When at the start of the year, it just seemed like it was Sarong, Brayshaw, Brody inside the centre bounce, and that was it. Now there's a few more weapons they can use. Let's talk about Jackson's game because that was the one that jumped off the page, wasn't it really? Yeah, it was. And everybody's talked about him in the ruck when he went into the ruck. That made all the difference. But he was playing well up until until that point. So Darcy started pretty well against Gorn and Grundy. And and all ruckmen played pretty well. That was the great thing. But Jackson came out on top. He, He has surprised me with his agility around stoppage, that I'm loving the work that he can get the ball and then just go one way or the other and nobody can go with him. If he can just develop that part of his game where maybe he starts to explode out the front of the stoppage and either really handballs to somebody else, but even better, if he could become a kicking uh, ruckman of that size to kick and find somebody inside the forward 50, look out. And you can see it with him. His confidence is growing all the time. The more ball he gets around the midfield, He's going to grow in confidence in the forward line as well because he's touching the ball. He's feeling good about himself and he'll continue to improve that forward craft. And, you know, Sean Darcy out now, I think we get a bit of an interesting look about what the mix could look like with Jackson as the number one ruckman over the next week or two. I know we've got the bye this week, but I'm excited to see what he does as the ruckman because I believed he's more of a ruckman. Mm. But as we've seen over the last four weeks, he's doing it all and it's a credit to him for turning it around. Mid-season draft coming up. My understanding is that Fremantle have a very short list of players that they believe they would like to add to their list. If one of them is still available when it comes to their pick, they will take the pick. And if they're not, mm. if it's not, they won't. Are you happy with that strategy? Oh, I'd always, if there's one there, like what's to lose? Just take it, have a look, get him inside the system, and you just don't know. They could become a very good player. It may not be for this year, and for the Dockers, it's not about them getting a game this year because they've got three players on their injury list. But, you know, John Newcomb was picked up. He just become an absolute gun for the Hawthorne Football Club. There's some players that just under a full-time senior system, having all those guys around and learning, can make a big difference to them. So I, I would be suggesting take one. Just have a look. If it doesn't work, make it a six-month contract. If it doesn't work, what have you lost? I'll ask Josh Kennedy this coming up as well. Obviously, he talks about West Coast. But West Coast seem to be committed to just the one pick. You Staggered. You, I'm staggered. They, they just cannot make a tough decision. Like, make a call on one of those players, and so be it. They missed two weeks of footy. Like, this is a golden opportunity for them to fast-track their development. And all they care about is a player, you know, wanting – the drive to come back this year for two or three weeks. And I looked through their injury list prior to this. Jamie Cripps, according to them, is nine to 10 weeks away. Which puts him about round 20. Yeah. So. Uh, round 20, he's got to come back through the waffle, you would have 
probably thought for at least one week. So you're looking at three games. Um, Isaiah Winder is another one that's nine to ten weeks, um, seven to nine. I don't know where he's at with his development and what they think about him next year. But oh, there, there's some players out there that, that look like, for whatever reason, it didn't work for them in their 18-year-old year, that they've come back harder, more aggressive, they've done the right things, that you could just change your club massively by adding – imagine them finding two guns. Two good players right now added to last year's draft, the year before, to next year's draft, to the year after. It could mean all the difference. I'm staggered by it, and it suggests that that's what West Coast do. They're not prepared to make big calls on some of their senior players. Paul Hazelby, he always tells us exactly what he thinks, and always a pleasure to have him on the show. He's a Dockers legend. He's one half of the run home with Hayes and Marto. It's on SEN weekdays at 3 p.m. Hayes? Thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure, Duff. We'll do it next week. We will. We will do it again. We'll take a break and be back with more of the show after the break. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu new dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield.